Hey everybody, Friday, 3rd of September. I'm going to talk about under-promising and over-delivering. And I think we got a case of that going on down south. Um, electric companies, uh, and, and what I'm talking about is the hurricane that went through, and you know, there's a lot of people, oh my God, we're not going to load any ships forever, and, and the exports are going to go down and everything else. And I find it interesting because uh, I think it was just yesterday or the day before the export sales came out and they weren't as low as what some people thought. Now, there was a lot of old crop, quote-unquote, canceled. Well, yeah, the, the, for, for the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some problems getting some stuff, quote-unquote, out the door. Um, but uh, these are big multinational companies with equipment all over the world. You know, I, 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 can t- I can't tell you the number of grain elevators that I've been around in my lifetime and there's something laying over there. And I'm like, what's that? Well, that, that's, a, that's a cross auger that we took off the top of the bins. And, you know, if we ever lost one of these or had that, we'd have that one to, to replace something with. I mean, and, and these millwrights that, that make this stuff are just amazing individuals, amazing people that 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 can build just about anything. And I mean, they get up in the air and they they just weld stuff together and put it together, or they put it together on the ground and then they lift it up in the air with a crane and then they set it down on there and and away you go. Um, and and we have quote unquote, for lack of a better word, big equipment anymore that can lift and, and bring things around. Now, back to what I mean though by. Um, you know, you under-promise and you over-deliver. And electric companies are, are, are really good at that. And, and, I'd, I'm, and I'm not knocking them. I'm actually praising them for it. You know, a big storm comes through. They're not going to tell you, well, we'll get your electricity to you in two weeks, and then it takes four. No, they're going to tell you they're going to get the electricity to you, hopefully, in four weeks, and then get it to you in two so they they underpromise and they overdeliver and i think you're going to see a lot of electric lines put up down down in the new orleans area and and the thing is after a major storm like this you know you're not just repairing something or you're not trying to to you know the, the hardest thing i see is where they're quote unquote um re reconstructing an existing line which, you know, you see where they kind of dig out on the side of the poles and they lean the poles over and then they put new poles in and then they're trying to string new wire while they still got the old wire running electricity going down. You know, that, that takes some skill, that takes some experience. But when everything's laying on the ground, when everything's ripped up, when everything's tore out, well, you just, you just pull what's left out of the ground, you, you pick up what's on the ground and you just put up all new. And the fact that the hurricanes went through there, you now, you know, you just lop off all the trees and just start again. And and I, and I always find it interesting, you know, when, when they're trimming around stuff or they're maybe reconstructing a line, somebody's like, oh, don't, don't cut that tree. We don't want that tree branch cut or whatever. And when you get a major hurricane like that that's already ripped all the trees up, everybody, and, and nobody's got any juice, they'll just let you take them all down and you just shoot right through there. And I think that's what's going to happen here. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of stuff down. There's a lot of uh, uh, damage. Uh, you got some wires across the river, you know, down. But but don't don't uh, don't underestimate the ability for 
an electrical engineer to figure out, okay, we can't put that wire across the river, but we can bring electricity down both sides of the river and get everything covered anyway. Um, and this is going to sound terrible too. You know, somebody wants to rebuild or make a bigger, heavier high line. Uh, you're going to have all kinds of problems with people with easements and this, that, and the other. Well, you get the whole thing completely ripped down and they're going to rebuild it and put it back up. Uh, well, people are probably a little bit easier to deal with when they don't have any electricity. And that that's that's kind of that's kind of you know the the you know the mechanic yeah we'll get it fixed by next Wednesday, and then they call you up Monday and say hey your car's ready to go. I'd rather be like that than they say oh we'll get it fixed for you Monday and then you know well you call them Monday no we're not we don't have the parts yet we're not going to know and call them Tuesday well we don't know and then finally you know late Wednesday afternoon they get it done for you. Um, the the under promising and the over delivering. I think a lot of that's going on, and, and, and don't get me wrong, the grain trade has, has, has built a pretty good break into this market, and we may, may have a little bit more of a break going on. Probably the biggest thing that all this has done is, is busted, quote-unquote, up some of the what I call early bids, you know, the quick bids. Um, and, and I do believe, I, I, I don't have a lot of evidence of this, but just get the suspicion talking to people that there's more damaged corn out there from the last couple of years than what we what we maybe want to talk about. And I think a lot of the grain industry, at least in the eastern corn belts, looking for this really big, good crop to come in to blend this stuff off. And I think they were going to blend it off and get it moved down the, down the road real quick. And I think they were looking at using some quick bids and some half drying and everything else to get that accomplished. And to get to some people to shell some early corn, and then then you know this corn could go to ethanol plants. It could go for feed. It, it could it could go on barges and go down the river. I, I think they were getting ready to ship a lot of stuff that way, and you know you 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 have you now have damage. Now, I don't think this is quite like Katrina where you had all. I think I think the the New Orleans levee system that had the billions of dollars put in it, uh, or, or hundreds of millions, don't know exactly how much, uh, after 2005 to fix all the levees and stuff. Looks like, to me, that pretty much held up during this deal. Uh, you're gonna, and you're going to have some high water on the Ohio River now because of all the rain in the Appalachians. You know, you're gonna ha- and that water's all going to go downriver. But, and, and let's face it, you know, you, get, you had four or five ships that were grounded. That's never a good thing. You had some barges that were loose. Uh, you had some barges on top of barges. But I don't think there's a whole lot of barges of corn sitting down there loaded that got water in them and got wet like in 2005. In 2005, I think there's a lot of corn stored on barges down in that New Orleans area that got wet, and what they ended up doing was bringing that corn back north to be run through grain dryers to be dried again, to be then shipped back south, where at the same time we had the crop coming in from the field, and we were trying to dry that. And and the other thing is, there's a lot of storage have been added in, in through the Midwest uh, in the last, since 05, 
and a lot of what I call bigger, drier capacity. I mean, th there's not just grain elevators now. There's a lot of farmers putting up big tower grain dryers and putting up not 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 30,000 bushel bins, not 20,000 bushel bins, not 40,000 bushel bins, but, you know, it's starting to get to be that 65,000 to half a million bushel bin is getting to be more and more common. And, and there's a lot of 100,000 to 250,000 bushel bins on farms. And, you know, you, you, can, you can look at a, you know, as I said, you know, 10, 20,000 bushel bins equals one 20,000 bushel bin. Okay, you're, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, or, or one 200,000 bushel bin. You're going to say, yeah, yeah, we know that. But, but just drive up and down and look in different places, and there's been big storage added. You know, gra a grain elevator adds a, a, a half a million or a 650,000 bushel storage bin, a 750,000 bushel storage bin, a million bushel storage bin. And that's a lot of small grain bins out in the country that, well, one got obsoleted, but two, you know, you, and, and, and there's still a lot of those grain bins out in the country sitting around there that could get used if you had to in a really big pinch. So I, I'm not one to thinking that this grain thing is as dire as it was in 05 now, that normally what, what happened has always happened. Oh my God, we can't export any grain. We got to get out of our grain positions. A lot of managed money got out of their grain positions. There was absolutely no buyers in there for a little bit. Thing went down. And, and who knows? You know, this, this corn could drop all the way to 470. But the, the one thing about this big break that I think everybody's got to realize is... Everybody out there that's an end user and wants to buy it, this just gave them an opportunity to buy it cheaper. We we did we just had a you know uh, buy three get one free discount or buy four get one free discount go on. And, and a lot of these, especially poor countries, only have so much money, or the IMF is only going to give them so much money, and they just had the ability to buy more bushels with that same amount of money that that they could have done two, three weeks ago. And I, if, if they're smart enough here to, to lay it in, and sometimes the buyers ain't any smarter than the sellers, folks. So you farmers out there that are kicking yourself over your marketing plan, you know, don't, don't think that sometimes the buyers aren't any smarter. Um, it's everybody that plays the middle that generally makes the money because that the reason they're there is because they're good at playing the middle. Uh, the, 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 the end of the day, we put this stuff on sale. Uh, they're going to be able to buy more for the same amount of money. They're going to feel they got better value. We're going to move more volume. Probably we'll end up moving more exports. And, and, and the, the thing is, most most times when you rebuild something, you rebuild it bigger and better than what it was before. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, and and those those people are in ingenuity. They, they got they, they'll figure out how to make this thing get back together and get running. And, and partly because there's so doggone much money into loading ships right now. 
you know, there's there's a huge incentive for these green companies to get these facilities back up and running. And in a lot of cases, they just need some electricity to get everything back up and running. And then, you know, they may only get one part of it fixed or this part fixed. And the other thing, don't corn, soybeans, cotton, it's all substitutable for each other. You know, you can take a ship now and instead of loading it in New Orleans, you can load it at Houston. And you're going to say, well, well, what are we going to do? Well, okay. There's corn being harvested in South Texas right now. You pop that basis up. Those people will ship that corn to Houston. They'll they'll run it on out. Um, the, and, and you know what? You, you got, you know, the DP price stuff and everything. So it's kind of like having it on storage, but not really having it on storage. But you give up possession of it, and the grain elevator can move it on down the river. There's all kinds of grain contracts out there that that can that can allow the grain to move, and the farmer still quote unquote retain possession of it. And you you get that basis good enough there in South Texas, they'll take that grain out of Houston, and then that grain that was going to be over there will get you know run out of New Orleans. Or if you need to replace the corn, you can always barge some corn through the intercoastal waterway from New Orleans over to Houston, and then back out again. I mean, it 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 it, it all will flow one way or another. Pacific Northwest, I think you're going to see some a few more ships get headed out of Pacific Northwest. I know CHS was saying that they were going to reroute a few ships that way. So it's probably not as dire. Now, if, if you are on the, the Mississippi River network that goes through New Orleans, yeah, your basis is going to suffer for a little while until this thing gets fixed. But this is not Armageddon forever, folks. Actually, actually in a way, I think probably, like I said, you know, buy four, get one free sale that we put on, or buy five, get, get the six one free. How, how are the prices worked out? <clears throat> probably is good long-term for higher exports. And if the end users are probably smart, and a lot of them are, some of them aren't, but they, they will get some coverage on in here, and they just bought them some stuff cheaper, thanks to Mother Nature and a big hurricane. And yes, there'll probably be <clears throat> another hurricane or two come through, but <clears throat> it's like the electricity. you got to remember... Once that tree goes down and they cut that tree up, that tree's not there to fall on the electric line anymore. And two, um, the older electric lines are going to be replaced with new stuff, and the new stuff's probably going to be able to withstand the next hurricane better than the old stuff. Of course, I did have one friend down there that works down there, and he said, ah, we never rebuild anything. We just wait for a hurricane to come along, and then we, then we fix it after that which I thought was interesting. You, you don't ever remodel. You just wait for the hurricane to blow it away, and then you rebuild it the way you wanted to. Um, but he said that that always kind of makes the stuff down there new and modern and, and better and better. Well, hey, <clears throat> under promise, over deliver. And, you know, that's probably a good business model for everybody to practice. I, I, think, a, I think a lot of people over promise and under deliver I've done that, and it's every time I've done that, it's come back to burn me. Um, so be just a little bit, yeah, not quite sure when we're going to get this, so let's think about this. And then call them up two or three days early and say, hey, it's up and running. So some of this, it's going to take four weeks, probably will get running in two to three. And, and like I said, the end of the day, 
they can make a lot of money loading grain right now, and I think that's going to be an incentive for these big companies to get this stuff fixed as fast as they can. Well, hey, to the smartest audience in agriculture, thanks for listening.